evening and welcome to the Three Buddies Radio Racing Show. We've got all the usual guests on the show. We'll be looking back on Cheltenham and hopefully we've got a few winners for you as well. So sit tight, make a cup of tea, get your pad and pencil ready and hopefully we can kick into the show with a few winners for you. Welcome to another Three Valleys Radio racing show. We should be looking back on Cheltenham. We've got a few tips for you, and um, we've got our equine superstar, and we've got a bit of news and fixtures for you. So let's kick off as we normally do with all the news from Mike Patton. Hello, and a very warm welcome to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. With a little bit of sad news, here's our first story today. Cheltenham Gold Cup and Jewel King George VI chase winner Kicking King has died at the age of 25. The Irish National Stud announced the death of the immensely popular chaser on Twitter on Tuesday, calling him, quote, a legend in every sense of the word. Trained by Tom Tarfey for owner Connor Clarkson, he won 12 of his 28 starts, placing on another 11 occasions. Next, the racing news. Attendance was sparse at Maiden Racecourse on Tuesday morning, but Thady Gosden was among the small congregation to watch the three-pronged attack Lord North will launch on Saturday's World Cup card. With Father John set to arrive later in the week, the joint trainer was just hours off the plane when seeing his raiders stretch their legs on the Tapita training track. All three worked enthusiastically on their first foray out of the quarantine barn, with Lord North looking particularly powerful. The Dubai turf hat-trick seeker spared Britain's blushes when dead-heating with Panthalassa after a string of Japanese successes at the meeting last year, and, while full of respect for Japan's latest challenge, Gosden is confident he is arriving off a stronger preparation this time round. He joked... It was tight enough last year. The form was franked when Panthalassa won the Saudi Cup in February. The Japanese horses have been doing exceptionally well in the Middle East and have been getting big results, so they are hard to take on. Lord North has taken the same route as last year through the Winter Derby, but he won it this time and was much more impressive under just hands and heels after a long time on the track. With Panthalassa contesting the feature $12 million Dubai World Cup on dirt this year, the bookmakers have identified Japan's Dojuice as Lord North's chief threat in a field that also contains Godolphin Trio, Real Word, Nation Pride and Master of the Seas. While last year's Oaks runner-up Emily John will not bid to give Clarehaven a fourth Dubai Shima Classic after failing to sparkle in her work, the Gosdens have an able substitute in Mostar Daff. Although slightly surprised by the manner of the five-year-old's runaway victory over an extended one-mile-two furlong in Saudi Arabia, Gosden is hopeful he can build on the effort now he returns to a mile and a half. Mostadaf has always been a talented horse, he said. He was training well into the race and put a solid race to bed very smoothly. He won the September stakes over a mile and a half and Maiden is a very flat, fair track, so we thought we'd step him up in trip rather than down. The team is completed by e-ball winner Trawlerman, who was also in action at Rydar last month and goes for the Dubai Gold Cup. While back at home, operations are gathering pace without a key player. Gosden said of the one-time thousand-guinea candidate, Sadly, commissioning had an internal issue and had to be retired. She ended her career as an unbeaten champion two-year-old filly. Things are going OK, but we still have some time until the guineas. 
The World Cup at 4.35 will be broadcast on ITV4 for the first time following the completion of the afternoon's jumps action at Kelso and Newbury. ITV4 will also show the Dubai Turf at 3.10 and the Dubai Shima Classic at 4 o'clock. And next, here on the Racing News. We have a headline that says five stars who missed Cheltenham and could run at Aintree. The Cheltenham Festival may be over, but Aintree is firmly on the horizon and the fields across the three-day festival are now beginning to form. Here we identify five horses who bypassed Cheltenham in favour of a trip to Aintree. First we have Clandea Bow. Clandea Bow hasn't lined up at the Cheltenham Festival since finishing 8th behind Album Photo in the 2020 Gold Cup, but he has been a standing dish in the Betway Bowl at the Grand National Meeting in Aintree. He has taken his place in the three-mile one furlong grade one four times in the last five years, winning it twice, that's the last two years, and also finishing second and third. Paul Nichols's 11-year-old hasn't been seen since finishing runner-up to dual Ryanair winner Alaho in the Punchestown Gold Cup after a tendon injury, but the trainer reported he was targeting Glandeabo at Aintree again this year. Next up is Fakir Duderis. For the second year running, Fakir Duderis has skipped the Cheltenham Festival in favour of heading to Aintree, where he has won the last two runnings of the Marsh Chase. His decision this season was made much easier when he was firmly put in his place in the Ascot Chase, a race he won last year, by Shiskin, who went on to finish second in the Ryanair. He tends to prefer softer conditions. His top six racing post ratings have been achieved on good to soft ground or worse. But he is unbeaten over fences at the Merseyside venue, so he must be respected in his bid for an Aintree hat-trick. Next, Champ. Champ had contested a race at the Cheltenham Festival every year since 2019, finishing runner-up in the Ballymore, winning the RSA Novices Chase in 2020, pulling up in the Gold Cup in 2021 and finishing fourth in the Stayerses last year. The fact Nicky Henderson didn't take Champ to the festival could be a sign of intent, as the trainer has made it very clear that his runner is best when fresh, which his form confirms. Champ's record after a break of 100 days or more reads 2nd, 1st, 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 2nd, 1st, 1st, including his most recent success in the Grade 2 long-distance hurdle, where he got the better of Paisley Park by a neck, and with most of his rivals having a tough race at the festival, he could play a big role. Next, we'll look at Capadano. Talked about as a potential Gold Cup horse after winning the Dooley Insurance Group champion novice chase at Punchestown last April, Capadano wasn't seen this season until placing third behind Janidil in last month's Red Mills chase. That was over an inadequate trip, which makes it seem as though it was a prep run for a go at entry, where he currently holds an entry for the Randox Grand National. The marathon showpiece would be a bold move after just six chase starts, and it seems more likely that Capadano will head for the Betway Bowl, which Willie Mullins won with Kemboy in 2019. And last, but by no means least, is Bambridge. Unlike the other horses mentioned, Bambridge was an intended runner in the Turners at the Cheltenham Festival before being withdrawn due to soft ground. He was fancied in the market and will surely be a leading player if the ground is more suitable in the Manifesto Novices Chase, which is run over the same trip as the Turners. His 10-length second to El Fabiolo last time was by the winner at the festival, and he will be much happier over this distance, having stayed on strongly after getting outpaced at Punchestown. And finally here on the Racing News. Commissioning... Frankie Dutori's intended mount in the 1,000 guineas on his 2023 farewell tour has been retired from racing after suffering a career-ending injury in training. The unbeaten daughter of Kingman had been the leading British-trained hope in the first Phillies Classic at a general 6-1 third favourite after a faultless juvenile career which culminated in her victory in the Group 1 Phillies Mile on the Roly Mile last October. 
That victory, which gave Robert Havling a first group win, came after an easy success on her debut at Newmarket in July and a Group 2 triumph in the Rockfell Stakes in September. Joint trainers John and Thady Gosden have been here before with 1,000 Guineas hopefuls, as 2021 Phillies Mile winner in Spiral was ruled out of the Classic a year ago, when Antipost favourite, although she did race on to land two Group 1s in 2022. John Gosden said, Unfortunately, commissioning sustained an injury to her left hind fetlock. Despite being given time to heal, she has sadly not recovered sufficiently and the decision has been made to retire her from racing. Thady Gosden added, Commissioning has left our stables today to go to Highclere Stud. She retires an undefeated Group 1 and Group 2 winner. She showed extraordinary speed and displayed a very determined and competitive mental attitude in her training and racing. Havelin said, I'm gutted for Sheikh Issa, who is a good friend, and she'll always have a special place in my heart. I'm sure she'll be an excellent broodmare, as she had the size and scope to be a top three-year-old. She had really filled her frame. She was super talented, and if she can pass half of that off to her offspring, then there will be exciting times ahead. Commissioning was on Tuesday afternoon due to arrive at Highclere Stud, where she will eventually commence stud duties, but when that will be is yet to be confirmed. Jake Warren, manager to Bahraini owners Issa Salman and Abdullah Al-Khalifa said, It's obviously a great shame that Commissioning has had to retire from racing. She was the first ever owned, bred and raced Bahraini Group 1 winner and the owners still have the mother and half-sister. They will undoubtedly be looking at how to move forward. She's only a three-year-old, and whether they breed from her this season or wait for her to furnish further as a four-year-old is yet to be determined. A breeding prospect with a CV such as hers is a very desirable asset for any broodmare band. In the absence of commissioning, the Dermot well-trained Tahira was cut to 5-2 to two favourite from 3 by Coral for the Kipco 1000 Guineas on May the 7th, for which 64 fillies were put forward at Tuesday's entry stage. Weld has never won the 1000 Guineas, but he did win the Colts equivalent, the Kipco 2000 Guineas, with Refuse to Bend in 2003, and the Irish look to have another strong hand among the 62 entries for the Classic on May the 6th. Aidan O'Brien, who is leading trainer in the first Colts Classic, has 11 entries headed by Group 1 winners Auguste Rodin and Little Big Bear. This has been this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from across the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post, and of course the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, thanks for listening, and join us again for more racing news soon. Well that was Mike Padden with all the racing news, now let's see where we can go racing this weekend. There are seven races over the jumps at Bangor on Dee with a 1.23 start. Seven races over the jumps at Newbury with a 1.30 start. Eight races on the flat at the Curra with a 1.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 1.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Kelso with a 1.50 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton with a 5.30 start. And on Sunday, there are eight races on the flat at Nuss in Ireland with a 1.25 start. Seven races over the jumps at Limerick with a 140 start. Seven races over the jumps at Carlisle, 150 start. And six races over the jumps at Exeter with a 207 start. It's time for our Equine Superstar. Equine Superstars. And this week, it's Sherastani. Sharastani is a chestnut stallion by Lijinsky out of Dam Shadamar. Sharastani was foaled on the 27th of March 1983 in the US of A and was bred and owned by the H. Sharastani was owned. Start again. Sharastani was foaled on the 27th of March 1983 in the US of A and was bred and owned by the Aga Khan 
and trained by Michael Stout at Newmarket. His earnings were 987,692 American dollars. Among the major races he won were in 1986 the Sandown Classic Trial, the Dante Stakes, the Epsom Derby, the Irish Derby, and his time form rating was 135. Sharastani's jockey was Walter Swinburne. At the end of 1986, he was retired to stud but made little impact and died in 2011. Now let's cast our minds back to 1986 and the Epsom Derby and Charistani against Dancing Bray. Derby a mile and a half the trip to the last half mile. The red hot favourite Dancing Bray goes into unknown territory but Miss Pond is the slow starter but through the first furlong. Arakar up on the outside of Nisnas, then behind these comes Alan Malord, and also up with the pace is Nomrud. So it's Nomrud just going on from Nisnas. Not that much pace on early. Jurier is the back marker, Dancing Brave, mid-division at this stage. They're sorting themselves out and they're running through the first furlong. The dark green jacket of Nomrud showing the way to Nisnas, then Wise Councillor, followed by Faraway Dancer, then, then again, followed by Arakar in the red on the outside. Next to the rails races Sherud, Dancing Brave at this stage towards the rear, but settled well. Alan Malord is towards the rear, Sharastani is in fifth. But it's Nomrud in the lead then, as they come to the top of the hill, just over a mile left to race, and Nomrud leading from far away, Dancer in second. Racing third is Nisnas, then fourth. On the inside is Wise Councillor, after him on the outer is Sharastani, behind these comes Arakar, followed by Alan Malord and Flash of Steel and Mashkur. Dancing Braves still down towards the rear, round towards the halfway stage then, and they're starting the descent to Tattenham Corner with circuit last place, and it's Nomrud who leads the pack. From Nisnas in second and far away Dancer, behind these comes Sharastani, they've just got over five furlongs left to race. Nomrud, faraway dancer, Nisnes, Sharastani, Wise Councillor, then again Sharud next to the rails. Just in behind these comes Mashkor, Serp is still the back marker, and here they start continuing the descent with five furlongs left to go. And at this stage, Dancing Brave is still towards the rear. Serk is last of all, but it's Nomrud who leads from faraway dancer second, then comes Nisnas in third. Now comes Sharistani making ground on the outside, and from here on in, Dancing Brave in the pink cap, not in the picture, is into unknown territory, as the pace quickens at last in the ever-ready derby. Three furlongs to go, it's Nomrud in the lead. Dancing Brave on the extreme left, starts to pick up ground. Two and a half to go. Nomrud, faraway dancer, Sharistani with a white face, comes there strongly, then again. Dancing Brave is on the extreme left, starting the motor, but oh, so much to do! One and a half, he went to do it, and Sharastani goes to home, but here, powering down the centre of the track, is the red-hot favourite, Dancing Brave, inside the final furlough. Sharastani from Dancing Brave, Dancing Brave closing with every stein, Sharastani just hold on at the line, Sharastani from Dancing Brave, Mashkul just third in a photo, with this nice and far away dancer then, Two outstanding horses, Dancing Brave and Sharastani. Well, that was our equine superstar for this week, and uh, I think we're going to have to get on and do an equine superstar for Constitution Hill. A little bit early in his career, perhaps, but then again, he certainly seems to be a pretty special horse, doesn't he? Judging by his, uh, his Cheltenham performances, anyway. Anyway, um... Cheltenham is finished, as we all know, but not for us, because not only have we had a Cheltenham winning trainer in the shape of Janie Snowden on the show, which was last week, but this week we've got a Cheltenham winning jockey, and that's in the shape of Gavin Sheehan, who joined us to talk about You Wear It Well. Well, good evening, Gavin. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. Well, Gavin, um, you know, to get a Cheltenham winner is, it must be a great thrill for you. Oh, it's massive. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those, as uh, uh, soon, uh, soon as you sit in a good horse, um, you know, you're straight away thinking about maybe it might be a Cheltenham horse. Um, you know, so the whole year revolves around kind of Cheltenham in a way. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, it's very few horses that, that do get you to Cheltenham. Um, but this, this mare, you wear it well, I mean, 
she's just been brilliant all year to be fair um, second in one of the hottest novices this year in the grade one cello um, ran a massive race there since won a grade two and then obviously on the Cheltenham gave me a fantastic day um, talk talk me through the race because it, it, it looked to me as a, as a you know a, a novice when it comes to horse racing really it looked as though you had the race under control right from the start yeah, I did to be fair um, you know it surprised me I was, I was going out there with the plan of line up go forward and I'd imagine with the pace on and the race that I'd end up sitting third or fourth something like that yeah. um I, th- it, I didn't mind what I was doing. I was kind of going out there with a free rein. That's a good thing about riding for uh, for Jamie and Sir Chips. You know, they, they, they gave me the freedom yeah. of doing what I want to do and, you know, ride the race according because there's so many things that can change in a race. And when I went down and winged up over the first, then, you know, I, I was just waiting for another horse to keep me company. She she did get a little bit lonely at uh, Sandown last time. Yeah. But yes, it was kind of just one of those where I, I was in front travelling away and I thought, right, I got the race kind of how I want to run the race now. Um, you know, and it, it was smooth enough after that. I thought she jumped brilliant always and I could press the button when I wanted to press the button and yeah, coming down the hill, a horse came to me and it was the only time I felt a horse near me um, was going to the second last. As soon as I jumped the route, second last turned in and you get that feeling, you know, that you just kind of push on. But I tell you one thing, it was a, it was a long way from turning in, that bend turning in to the, yeah. to the winning line. And you're thinking somebody might just come and nab you. <clears throat> Is it difficult when you to judge when you're when you're in front as to you know the point where you you sort of totally commit, as it were, from that point onwards, or you know, is is it is it easy? I don't know. I'm 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 asking you. Um, no, it's not easy. Uh, you know, uh, to be honest, with you, you just got to ride your own horse. I yeah. was getting feeling off hard that I could sit a little bit, but then when I turned into the straight, you got that big stand there, and I just wanted to get a rolling before anybody could come and do me for a turn of foot because I knew I was going to stay. So he started to get, I started to get after, kind of pushing her away into the straight, and then she pricked her ears about ten straight away from the last, uh, going to the last, and um, I had to just give her a reminder to keep her, keep her mind on the job. I winged that, and then all of a sudden it was kind of all gone whole. But I didn't feel another horse coming to me, so you know you're thinking you're okay, but yeah. you still got to push out to the line. And it's always easier coming from behind because you know your target. Yeah, quite, you know, quite. You know, if you've got enough horse, you know your target. And it's much easier riding from behind than it is in front. Well, certainly when you committed to go, mate, the noise in our household was unbelievable. <laughs> Talk about yeah. shouting you on! I tell you, we we I, we forced you across the line, I think. But but no, well done. It was it was a you know a textbook ride on a on a great horse and a great jockey. So you know, and a great trainer. Really, really shuffed for you. Yeah, no, it's brilliant, brilliant. Thanks very much. Um, it's a it's a big team effort. Um, yeah. It always is the team effort, you know. Yeah. Quite. Um, I've got to do my job, but you know my my job is on the day. But Jamie does his job, Kate does her job, chips everybody and everybody inside the yard. You know it, it takes mm. a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to get a horse there. Um, you know, and then for it just to happen, it's just that relief and everything, and it's the that, is... that, that, that feeling that you cross the line and you, you've done it. You know, oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's massive. Better than sex. <laughs> it is better than sex. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I'm Brilliant. having good sex at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what, what you know, what, obviously different horses for different different courses, etc. But I mean, do you do you think the horse itself? Yeah, obviously, you know, doesn't realise it's Cheltenham as such, as opposed to Ascot. But I mean, does the horse recognise the fact that this is a big meeting and it's a, you know, there's a lot of people there and that? Do you know something? Ch- Cheltenham is probably the only place where I sit in horses and they grow and they feel better than they've ever felt. Really? It's, you know, you, you go to Aintree and you don't get that same feel of a horse. No. Um, you know, I think Cheltenham brings out the best of a horse. Mm. Um, it can probably do the same uh, and, you know, take way, take way bit from a horse, but definitely brings out the best in a horse, I think. Um, they feel better, they jump better, they, they, they give a bit more, there's a bit more class about them. Um, it's obviously the, 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 the biggest stage best horses but I, you know I, I'm kind of one of those like I feel like you know when the when the tough gets going that 
you know, when it, when it gets tough, the tough get going. And, yeah. um, you know, Ch- Chapman was one of those. It's so many eyes on you. And I feel like I kind of one of those jockeys that kind of sticks out my chest and, and says, come on, mm. you know, play it on. Um, but I feel like she, you were well, she, she, she actually done the same. She, she, she felt better than ever, you know. And and do do the horses recognise you? I mean, you you obviously don't see them that regularly, or or do you actually ride out that one, for example, or would it that be the stable staff do that? Um, Kate would normally ride out. Um, yeah. You wear well. I would do the schooling, so the schooling is going up over the jumps. Um, you know, so that you do that once a week, maybe once every two. She's probably done it. You know, yeah. only. So, so that, six or seven, six or seven times this year, and right. I rode her probably four times before today in races this year. Um, would she know me? Um, I'm the only one to ride her in a race. Bar Paige, who rode her first time, yeah. first time out. Um, I don't know if she knows me or not, but she, um, uh, I, I definitely wouldn't be going into the box to give her a pat, as uh, Sir Chips Keswick said. <laughs> <laughs> We love her, but we dare, uh, we, we we don't dare pat her because uh, she'd take the hand off you. Oh, would um, she? She's one of those, uh, is she? She she she's feisty, yeah. yeah. Um, she's she's not the she's not the nice um, mayor just just to like you know take off her hack or do anything because she, she could have you in a shot. She 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 could buck her rear up or do anything. Um, but a good mayor, I, I I think good horses they have always got some kind of quirk about them, and she she's a bit feisty and. You know, you know she's well and everything. So yeah. when she's quiet, then I think you know Jamie, the trainer. He, he, if she's quiet, then he knows right. We need to freshen her up or whatever. So I think yeah. it, it's good to have that as well. Um, certainly, riding her when I school her and things. And if she's quiet, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. she's not the same mayor. It's when she's trying to get you off, you think, oh, she's well in her, well of herself. So um, they can be a bit easier, even though they've got a bit more about them like that. And um, and what next now then, uh, Gavin? For for uh, you wear it well. Um, I think she she you knows something. She's got a few options. Um, I don't think she's got the hardest race in the world at Sandown. Um, she, I thought she had a tough enough race at uh, Newbury, but you know I was in second on my own, so you know it wasn't too bad. So Sandown wasn't too bad, and Cheltenham. I don't think she's had the hardest race in the world. If uh, Fairy House comes up um, in couple of weeks um, two weeks I think two and a half no, well about three weeks from two and a half weeks say yeah um, so that, that comes up and that's a grade one over in Ireland um, two and a half mile and I I, I, I would kind of be I'm fancier to go for that but she, she could have um, options at Aintree and yeah there, there's, a, there's a few different options but that's kind of the big one um, as well I know she's, she's one at one at Cheltenham so anything else is a bonus but at the end of the day that's a great one but we just need to see um, how she comes out of this and um, see if she's fresh see if she's well um, and she comes she usually comes out of a race quite well so it'll just be interesting to see how she comes out of this one and um, yeah I think uh, you know if she's fresh and well might just take the chance but I'm just a jockey I'll I'll, I'll Wherever she runs, I want to be riding her. And mm. um, we let Jamie and um, so Chips make the decisions. I bet he was uh, well pleased, wasn't he, Chips? I was. He is, he is like the nicest man. I know, like, it's one of those things that you say, oh, he's a lovely man or whatever. But yeah. Chips Chips is just an absolute gent. Um, very, very kind person um, to, 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 to Jamie, to the staff. He always looks after us. Um, he's always looked after me riding the horses and things. You know, he, he always wants me on his horses. Um, you know, he, he, he's good fun. Um, you know, he he actually texted me uh, yesterday just to say, you know, my, my girlfriend, um, just to say what a lovely lady she is. Um, you know, he, he's just one of those people. Just says, if he's got nothing good to say, he won't say, say anything. But he's always got something nice to say. Um and I'm just delighted because he's a big supporter. Yeah. He doesn't have 20 horses, 30 horses. You know, he keeps his, his small two horses um, and, he, and he goes racing and he just really enjoys racing, you know. Mm. Um, he actually hasn't gone to see her an awful lot. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he'll be coming. Uh, he tries to get out to the race course as much as he can. 
he's gone away up to Scotland now for a couple of days. Um, up to his Belgian Galloways, but yeah, he's just he's just a gent, and he, he, he's a joy to have around. And you know, hopefully, he'll just keep on on buying horses now, nice ones, and mm. um, you know, hopefully, he'll keep on supporting us. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you think then that um, she's still got one more race in her before the end of the season, then? Yeah, I mean, like, <coughs> you know, I, I think it's kind of one of those that we just need to let all, all, all of her homework and all of her races. I would say yes, she's got another race in her. Right. Um, but then we have to listen to her and let her tell us if she's got another race in her. Mm. Um, Jamie deals with her every day. Yeah, things with her every day. They're the ones that 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 will have to listen to her and see how well she is and see how her homework is at home, and and take it from there. And that's, I suppose, where you you get the uh, you separate the average trainers to the good trainers because obviously they can tell, you know, what a horse is sort of feeling or you know looking like to to race. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kate is um, the head lad, so she goes out and feeds them feeds them all so she, she she knows them inside out and Jamie lives in the on the yard as well as Kate and, mm. you know they, they spend so much time with them they, they know if they've um, walking around the yard if a horse doesn't have their head out the door like they normally should do then they know exactly how these horses are you know they, they, they're, they're treated like family and you know they, they, horses are family to us you know yeah. Yeah. We, lo- we, we, we love them so much um, they do so much for us and you know, they, they, they really enjoy what they do. And um, as I say, if a horse doesn't have their head out the door and it normally does, then then, then you will go in and assess and, mm. uh, and, and see what's up and um, and take it from there and, you know, take take all the steps to make sure that he's, um, he's well and happy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Gavin, thank you ever so much for coming on the show and having a chat about it. Um, we're really, really pleased to have you on. It's... Uh, for our little station to get people like you on is is quite a, quite something. So, uh, you know, I do appreciate you coming on, and and many congratulations on the victory. And uh, let's have a. You've got the thing in the Grand National. No, nothing so far. Um, no, so I am available to whoever is listening. <laughs> well, if you do, I should be backing you. So you'll have the weight of my five quid on you. So watch out. <laughs> Good stuff, Eddie. Yeah. Well, thanks ever so much, Gavin, and speak to you again yeah, soon. Thank yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem at all. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers for now. Much appreciated. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Well, that was Cheltenham Festival winner Gavin Sheehan there, who managed to get uh, first past the post on You Wear It Well for Jamie Snowden. Now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Well, good morning, Dave. How's things with you today? Yeah, very well, mate. I had a nice week away. Uh, went up to Ascot to the horse auctions on Wednesday and... Uh, was looking to buy a new recruit, but everything went for lots of money more than I was expecting it to go for. So uh, we come home with a hot dog instead of a horse. So, oh, well. you win some, you lose some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to have a look at uh, Newbury's card for you this Saturday. Uh, we had a nice little return of about 25 quid last week on our each way uh, lucky 15. We had uh, Purgain Green, he was placed in the first five. Yeah. Complete unknown, absolutely bolted in. He won by 16 lengths. Southern Sam was placed. Finishing Authority was placed. So oh. uh, we got 20. Well, I think it was 24 pound 98 off the top of the head that we got back. So yeah. uh, back in the kitty stakes and earning some more money for the Indy Jockeys Fund. Beginning to build up, then. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, we, we made the first donation of 45 quid a couple of weeks ago, and we've now got 25 quid back in the kitty again. So uh, yeah. we're doing pretty well for them. Good, yeah, so, well done, mate. Roll it up. So, yeah. As I say, we're going to have a look at Newbury's card on Saturday. Very different from Newbury. They've got soft going from the good for firm that they've had for the last couple of meetings. So we shall have a look. We're going to start off with a 1.30 race. And the horse that we like here is the Gary Moore horse. Uh, I think Jack, yeah, Jamie Moore is going to be riding him. And his name is Ineston. I-N-N-E-S-T-O-N. Ineston. I think he's around about 130 with William at the moment. Now, he ran very well there two weeks ago uh, behind Crambo in the final of uh, one of the big races there. It previously beat Twin Powers over course and distance. 
he's only had the four runs and uh, he looks to be a very much improving type. So uh, I think he'll go very well in that race there. So that's Ineston starting the lucky 15 off for us. Uh, okay. Moving down to the 205 race, uh, one of the other guys that comes on the show, I believe, uh, Jamie. Uh, uh, Gav Sheehan, he's yeah. uh, riding Riders on the Storm, and that's going to be our selection in here. Now, he's had a few runs on soft, and he didn't go too well, but the thing is, he was running over two miles, five and a half furlongs, uh, and two miles, six when he was over them races, but he has got a very good line of form uh, over two miles, three on heavy going, so I think he's going to be coming back to form, and I've heard rumours that there's going to be quite a bit of money around for him on Saturday, so uh, Riders on a Storm with Gav Sheehan riding him, and he's trained by Richard Hobson, who's got his stable in very good form at the moment, he's going to be our second selection, and he's priced up roughly about 7-1 to one at the moment with Bet Victor, but I have noticed that there is money flying around for him already in the betting markets. Right, okay, we'll keep an eye on that one then. Yeah, number three on the lucky 15 is in the 240 race. And it's a horse called Ruby Island. Now, Ruby Island is uh, Mark Walford's horse and going to be ridden by Jamie Hamilton. Now, it's got some very, very nice form. It's, it came second at Aintree in a bumper behind Krajeva of Harry Fry's. Krajeva was uh, one of Harry's uh, Charlton Festival hopes before she done a tendon in a race at Taunton, I believe, or she done a, done a tendon after winning a listed race at Taunton on the gallop. So uh, having a half-length line of form behind her is very good. She came out up her air and won a 14-runner race by seven and a half lengths, then come out and won again by five lengths at Weatherby, and then got beaten for the finish on the 10th of March up at air again. Travelling all the way down to Newbury for this race, it's quite noticeable that Mark Walford's bringing it all the way down here, and uh, I think it'll be a very, very good bet to have. Now, Ruby Island's priced up at 8-1 to one at the moment with Paddy Powers, who are paying five places on the race, and she's going to be our third leg of the Lucky 15. Right you are. Now, the last leg of the Lucky 15 is going to be in 4.25 race, and this is a horse that's really taken my eye in his last two runs, and it's Calgary Tiger. Priced up 9-2 to two in the paper. He hasn't got a, an official price at the moment. Now, the thing to note about this fella, uh, 712 days off the track and come out, and he's absolutely destroyed two races apart. And his previous runs of that, he finished fifth in the Kingwell Hurdle at Wincanton on the 20th of February back in 2021 behind no, no other than Goshen. But he went lame in that race, which is why he's had the 712 days off. Now, he's come back out. He beat triple trade three and a quarters on his reappearance run after 700 days off and absolutely cantered home that day. And then he's done exactly the same at Newbury at the beginning of March, where he beat Stepney Causeway nine and a half lengths. Now, Stepney Causeway was revived a little bit. He'd been out to San Moritz for Milton Harris's team and come back and was running really well. And Calgary Tiger just put the pedal down and left him for dead now I think the horse has very much improved for having all that time off and looks to be very very much well in here and obviously running at bottom weight in the handicap as well he's got a massive chance so that's a 425 Calgary Tiger to bring up the last leg of the lucky 15 for us lovely job Dave thank you very much indeed and uh, let's hope we have more success for the old injured jockeys fund that'll be good yeah no problem speak to you next week mate yeah okay Dave thanks a lot mate see you soon now it's time to catch up with Jamie Snowden after his successes at Cheltenham last week I expect life's a little bit calmer well afternoon Jamie thanks for coming on the show again um, little little less manic than Cheltenham last week yeah well yeah I mean that was um that, it was a mad week, but um, thankfully we, we had a wonderful result. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it, it, weeks like that are, are what it's all about. Yeah, and, and all the horses have come out okay? No problem? Yeah, thankfully all, all come out okay. And um, obviously the winner, you wear it well, is absolutely bouncing as well. Yeah. Um, you know, that's really good news. Yeah, I had a chat with Jamie uh, with um, Gavin Sheehan about it, so... Uh, we, we, we've had the trainer and the jockey on, so that was good. Um, looking to the to the future a little bit, uh, Jamie, I see you've got uh, uh, one at Newbury on Saturday, Ebonello. Any chance? 
Yeah, she runs in a great fee there, AD. Um, it's a, a, a valuable £50,000 race. Um, she's been targeted at, at, at this all season, in fairness. Um, she she won a bumper earlier on. She won a novice hurdle. She was second under a, 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 under a penalty on her last start, stepped up over two mile four. Um, we were trying to sort of conceal as much as we could and, and not reveal our sort of our true true ability over that trip, but I needed to get her qualified really. So yeah. she ran a she ran a good race that day. She's been given a mark of 113. Um, could have done with a few few less pounds than that ideally, but um, she gets in here off 11 stone six, and if she copes with the softer conditions, then hopefully she's got the right chance. Good. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. And um, you wear it well, tentatively at Fairy House on the 9th of April. Is that likely to happen? Do you think? She's got an entry in there, AD. Um, I put that entry in a, a while ago, so that was a very early closing entry. So she had that before she won at Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, it's only three weeks after the festival, so um, it's quite a tall order to you know win at the festival and then travel over into the Irish backyard and take on you know their horses at Fairy House in a Grade One. But yeah. Um, it's an option. We're going to keep the option open for as long as we can before we have to decide which way to go or not. The other option is perhaps going to entry and taking on the boys for the seven pounds uh, allowance. Being a, being a, our, our mayor would get a seven pound allowance against the boys. So we've got several options to think about, and um, yeah, we've, we'll cross those bridges over the next ten days. Well, not nice to be in a position with a great horse to be able to do that, though, isn't it? Really nice, really nice. Yeah, yeah we're very lucky. And then looking forward a little bit further to entry, you. I see you've got uh, Kel, Ch- Kel Chiggy Briggs and uh, G Galor in. Um, what, what are the chances of them, you know, running more than anything else at the moment? Yeah, so Kel Tilly Briggs has been, um, been, been uh, yeah, the plan has always been to go to the Topham. Um, so over the Grand National Fences, two and a half miles. He won a valuable race at the start of this year. He's come back down to a winning mark. Um, we freshened him up, and we're, we're, we're going to try and go there fresh to to go and win a, a, a big one. Um, Garlaw won't be going for the Grand National, but he might go for the Betfair Bowl, the Grade One Bowl. Um, Colonel Harry could go for a Grade One. You were well could go for a Grade One there. So um, yeah, listen, um, the fact that we're talking about horses running in Grade Ones, it's really exciting. Absolutely, yeah. And and is is that sort of more or less it? I mean, obviously, I know you've got loads of other horses, but I mean, generally speaking, in terms of the big meetings, there's not much else after um, the Grand National, is there? Yeah, well, there's there's the Scottish National meeting. Um, there's per- there's a meeting up at Perth, and then there's the Whitbread meeting at Sandown. So, yeah, there's there's still plenty um, still plenty of prizes to be won. Right. Okay. So you'll be obviously looking at those as well, which is which is good news, you know. Well, have a good weekend, Jamie. Um, we'll keep our eye open on Ebonella, and uh, hopefully, it's all all comes and keeps coming your way. That would be very nice, Eddie. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Jamie, and we'll speak to you again next week. Yeah. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Take Th- care. Thanks, mate. Bye bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden, and now it's time to catch up with Richard Phillip. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Um, settling down a little bit after the excitement of Cheltenham. Absolutely. Um, it's very difficult to uh, follow that, as they say. Yeah. Four fantastic days racing. It's, uh, definitely the Tuesday of the Cheltenham Festival will go down as one of the great days of the jumping history. Mm. And uh, the best day in jumping history with uh, Constitution Hill annihilating his opposition and Honeysuckle doing what we all hoped it to do was to come back and win um, for racing honeysuckle and the de bromhead family it was a it was an amazing place to be on the tuesday and of course it the rate racing all week was fantastic culminating the Cheltenham gold cup yeah what did you think of the gold cup does it live up to standards do you think definitely mm-hmm. i think it was an excellent race um it was billed as being a very open race just before the off and it st- turned out to be a very competitive one um not plain sailing for Gallup and Deschamps, who uh, we've been thinking for a long while would be the Cheltenham Gold Cup winner, but things didn't go to plan all the way. But they went a great old Gallup all the way, and it, Gallup and Deschamps looks a real proper good Cheltenham Gold Cup winner. Mm. And there's still plenty of improvement in him. Brave Man's Game put up an absolutely wonderful performance in second, um, but um, the first two are outstanding chases, and I think. Uh, History were late that they were two very good winners, uh, two very good runners, and the winner is very likely to be 
uh, one of the best chases we've seen for a while. And Paul Townend seems to be uh, kind of getting under the radar a little bit, but I mean, he's a very good jockey, isn't he? He's super cool. Um, he, he He's had a bit of um, criticism from his boss, Willie Mullins, over the last month or so, uh, but I think that shows you the strengths of actually of the partnership mm. and as, as that uh, most of the time Paul Tannend uh, gives his horses the most brilliant ride and he's so cool. He was certainly cool under pressure on Gallup and Deschamps. He knew he was on the best horse in the race and he rode the race like that. And a lot of people would have had a rush to their head, but Paul Townend, like all great sportsmen, has composure running through him. Mm, yeah, definitely. No, he was very good. Now, what about this weekend then, Richard? Is there much happening? Well, obviously, following off in Cheltenham, it's uh, it's difficult to follow that. But there's some mm. great racing at Newbury and at Kelso at the weekend. At Newbury, they have uh, the Mayor's Novice Handicap, the two and a half mile, which always brings up a good horse or two. Very open affair, that. And also they've got uh, Kelso and Carlisle this weekend, the Go North series. There's been a series of races to qualify and series finals uh, running there, uh, both at Kelso and at Carlisle, So, which is great to encourage um, Northern Racing. And Corrett Rambler winning at Cheltenham was a great boost as well. And, of course, uh, other winners for the North as well. It was, a, it was a good week for the North. It was a good week for Britain. It was a great week for the Irish. But it was nice that it was spread out so much at the Cheltenham Festival. And it was great to see Scottish racing uh, winning at the, at the Cheltenham Festival. And this is basically Northern and Scottish racing um, being seen uh, at its best over mm. the weekend at series finals. So uh, we must never forget the national racing is throughout Britain and strong in all departments, including England, Scotland and Wales. Yeah. And well, Northern yeah, and of course we've got the Grand National coming up fairly soon as well. But there's there's some uh, some Group One racing. You say at the, at the Curra this weekend. Yeah, there's a Group Three at the Curra and the Irish Lincolnshire. So it's beginning now to start for the flat season proper. At the beginning of April, we start off um, at Doncaster with the opening meeting. It's the turf season, having had an all-weather uh, winter, we go straight to the turf and with the Lincoln handicap, a big early season betting handicap and always trying to find a winner of that but the Irish uh, the Irish um, Lincolnshire starts um, on this Saturday and the Curra also has a group three so they start a little bit earlier before the, the British racing on the turf but it's the beginning of and of course this weekend we've got the Dubai World Cup uh, always a fantastic race so we've got one of the favourites there is Country Grammar a Bob Baffert's horse ridden by Frankie Dettori and the second favourite is Algiers, trained by um, Simon and Ed Crisford, uh, who was most impressive at Maidan recently. And uh, so the World Cup is worth hell of a lot of money. And the Dubai World Cup are always a, a great race to look forward to. And this weekend, Saturday evening, we'll be seeing that. And including uh, Lord North, who runs in the Dubai Turf, another Group 1. So plenty of Group 1 races. And the Japanese, who are really making a, a, a print on the international scene, when it comes to flat racing, and it's great to see it being so international, exactly what Shane Mohammed wanted when he set up the Dubai World Cup, and, it, and that World Cup meeting, I've been to it in the past, it really is an international fair, and this year we've got America, Japan, Britain, all being represented, and of course the home crew of um, Charlie Appleby, he's got some fancy runners as well, so it's going to be a great weekend uh, for the, basically the beginning of the flat season proper soon. And, of course, it, it could potentially be the last year we shall see Frankie de Torre. Potentially, yes. Um, Davy Russell came out of retirement, and I think Frankie's quite enjoying his last year, and things are going well. But, um, yeah, it could well be um, uh, his last year, and he's been riding in America, and he's going to obviously ride through, through Britain throughout the summer and then probably end up uh, having his final rides uh, at the Breeders' Cup um, or around that time, certainly. So, uh, Frankie Torrey has been, without question, uh, one of the great names of the sport uh, in its history. And uh, let's hope this year goes well and emphasises, um, and I'm sure Frankie would believe this, emphasising all the great things that racing does. And mm. uh, if we do that following Frankie Torrey on his final year, then it'll be great for the sport and great to celebrate Frankie's incredible career. It's going to be a quieter place without him, that's for sure, isn't it? 
it depends what he does. If he goes into television, it's going to be a louder place. No, yeah. And I suppose that's a, a distinct possibility as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he has a huge personality, great charisma, and a huge knowledge. Yeah. And let, let's hope he's as good as Ruby Walsh. Ruby Walsh, brilliant jockey, has gone yeah. into the analysis. Race yeah. riding, really taking it to a new height. And Frankie... Uh, race riding ability and hopefully his ability to get that across to the to the public, the world public, would be um, would be a huge bonus for the sport. You, you mentioned Ruby Walsh there, and I, I, I obviously watch the racing on a Saturday afternoon. Some of the uh, the points that he manages to spot in his little analysis after is incredibly the, the detail that he manages to spot and bring out that I never even sort of dreamt some of them that, that, that they can affect how our races run but they certainly do absolutely and i think it's great i mean um there's plenty of jockey bashers in the world and it always amuses me because most people who criticize haven't got a clue what they're talking about mm. and great thing about listening to ruby walsh is the fact it, it makes the public aware of just the thought processes yeah that jockey go through during a race i mean I've been in charity races, not in proper ones, but uh, I know for a fact that it's not as easy as it looks. No. But the fact that the, the fact that Ruby gets across to to the public, just the thought processes and the decision making that jockeys have to make during a race and tactics. I mean, tactics are incredibly important in, in any sport, mm. but in race riding, it, it it slightly goes under the radar and. The tactics involved, the pace of the race, and something he's emphasised how good Rachel Blackmore is at this mm. sort of thing. Holly, Holly Doyle. Yeah. It, it really, you know, the reason these people fall to, go to the top of the mountain is they don't fall there. Uh, they rise there, and uh, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're tactically aware, think about it, and think about the process, you're going to have a better chance of winning. And Ruby Walsh gets that message across better than anyone else. It always amazes me looking at jockeys, though. I mean, you know, I'm just sitting at the television watching it, but it always gives me the willies when, you, you, you know, somebody can he'll sit right at the back and you think, he's never going to win from there. And yet suddenly he'll start moving and next thing you know, he's in the front. I mean, the, the, the art of finding the right moment to, to press the button, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Well, John Franken, again, is a, a brilliant jockey and, and is very good at getting across to people that exactly what, the jockey's job is and he always says that um jockey's job is to find their cruising speed so yeah. sometimes you know you'll see a jockey out the back and thinking you know why is he there mm. uh, because the horses are going as fast as he can yeah. and uh it's a very interesting subject about pace of races i mean i know michael dickinson when he trained in the early 80s he told his jockeys to go the first furlong the same pace as the last furlong rather mm. like a, a ten thousand meter runner yeah, and uh, that changed in many respects how races were run. Uh, when Martin Pipe came on the in the fourth scene and started winning all those trainers championships, his horses would go off at a stronger pace to prove stamina and fitness. Um, but as it's levelled out now, I think a lot of uh, jockeys' uh, job is basically to find the horses' cruising speed mm. in order that they. Um, basically go the same pace all the way around rather than going off too fast or too slow yeah yeah no they're all very very good i have to say well look richard thank you very much for your contribution this afternoon we appreciate it and um we'll catch up with you next week if that's all right yeah i look forward to it agent thanks. thanks thanks a lot richard cheers for now well good evening colin how the devil are you i'm really well Adrian. yourself yeah absolutely fine mate Absolutely fine. Apart from battling with the internet all day today, I'm okay. I tell you what, the internet is the bane of my life. Outside yeah. our house, um, a very rich man who lives in a very nice cottage has got a lot of trees that overhang all the wires, and they've all got together and mucked up our internet. So yesterday, Overreach arrived, and they got up there with a big, you know, I don't know, whatever you call them, those. Chopper? Trains that go up. Chopper, well, not quite a chopper, but he had a chainsaw. And he cut them all down. So I hope that our internet's going to be better because um, it's just like it's a nightmare, isn't it, the internet? Yeah. So have you got over the rigours of Cheltenham? Well, 
What do you mean the rigors? Well, you had to work, didn't you? So it was like you were busy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. i tell you what. The great thing about my job is, and um, no disrespect to my wife, is that my job beats working. And when I go to work, it's easier than being at home. <laughs> yeah, that, that figures. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a great, great job, except for the first two days I didn't give any winners. Started on um, the Thursday, we had a couple, and then Friday was a little bit better. My biggest disappointment would be um, my tie getting beaten in the last. Yeah. Um, the Martin Pipe. I mean, you know, with all due respect to the jockey, and give him the greatest ride, he went right, he couldn't have gone any wider. And he got beaten four lengths. Uh, and the winner was off the bridle turning in. And that got up to win. Um, I backed my tie to win about three grand, which would have been very nice. Oh, but there yeah. we go. Mm. Um, anyhow, the highlights of the meeting, we have to say, were Constitution Hill winning. What a horse. I mean, you know, where would he go? What a horse to have a problem with? You know, where do we go? Champion hurdle next? Do we go chasing? Do we go champion chase? Do we go gold cup? I mean, he is just amazing. And uh, I must say, Nico de Boinville, he's just super cool jockey. Great rider. Knows him well. Goes out there. Does the job. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Gallopin Duchamp won the gold cup easily from Brave Man's Game, which we tipped up. Um, you know, he, he's a class horse. Um, yeah, it was just great racing, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely fantastic racing. It was, it was, it was breathtaking every day, really, wasn't it? So it was great, yeah, really yeah. good, really good. Yeah, so where are we going this week then, Colin? Well, I think uh, we've got uh, we've got Banger, we've yeah. got Kelso, and we've got um, Newbury, which is the place I'm going to. Uh, I think we'll start at Banger and a banger in the 123. I've got the horse for you that I think will win. And it's trained by Christian Williams. He had a bit of a moderate year, really, but he's had horses that have been probably quite badly handicapped, if you like. Um, but he's got a novice here called C. Elegant. And it was second at Newcastle the other day. Ran a really good race. And I think the form of the race has turned out quite well. And I think that will win the 123 at Bangor. And it's called C. Elegant. Righty ho. Sounds easy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. As we, <laughs> as we move on through the card there. And, uh, hang on a um, minute. Be before you do that, what, what, what race is it in? The one, the, the 123. What's it called? It's called C-S-I Elegant. Ah, got it. Right, okay. That's right. Got it? Yeah, I've got yeah. it. Yeah. C-Elegant. You're probably looking for S-W-E Elegant, but it's S-I. Yeah. No, so I've got it. Don't panic. I tell you what, you were absolutely right the other day. You know, why do these owners... You know, name these horses like stupid yeah. names. I know, I quite agree. Yeah, I mean, there's one here, Harvey Wallbanger. Well, that's all right. I'm, I can live with that. But, but some of these yeah. other ones, like you know, they're they're a bit sort of a penumbra. I mean, yeah, what's that? I don't know. I don't get it. No. Next race. I don't. Next race um, on the card uh, is at Bangor. Let's see, 308, and um, there is a horse called There Is No Doubt, and it's trained by Lucinda Russell. Um, it's got reasonable form overall, four races, it's 135, but it was a good second the other day. I think it's quite well handicapped, and I think it will win. Right it's called up. There Is No Doubt, and that's in the 308 at... Um, at Bangor. Right. Gotcha. 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 Um, one more selection of it runs. Oh, yeah. Here it is. <clears throat> Another 
a horse trained by Lucy and Jerry's horse called um, Method to the Madness. And uh, it runs in the 418. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice a bit again. Um, can't get out of this sort of fluey thing. Um, anyhow, it's won its last two races and it's gone up the handicap. Only actually gone up three pounds um, since winning two runs ago. And I think it'll win again. So it's called Method to the Madness in mm. the 418 at, at Bangor. Right, got it. Good. Now where? I think we'll go to Kelso. Have you ever been to Kelso? No, I've not. I told you I've not been to Scotland. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Well, I just never have. Don't ask me why. Yeah, well, You've you got anything against the Scots, have you? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so what race no, at Kelso Scot then? Scots are great guys. Um, right, Kelso, some really, you know, quite competitive racing there, if you like. And the first race is a handicap hurdle at 150. What wins it? Well, pretty open to be perfectly honest. But there's a horse that um, caught my eye called Prairie Wolf. Trained by Sue Smith, who, of course, is married to Harvey Smith, the great show jumper um, over the years. And this horse has been running quite well. It was second at Donnie's the other day. Off mark of 110 doors called Galahad uh, Threes per... What was it called? Uh, three per wood. And um, it's called Prairie Wolf. Okay. And it runs there in the... Uh, 150. It's about five to one as we as I look at my tissue, and I think that will win at Kelso. Right. So, Kelso, the um, oh, just a lovely place. The river runs through it. The Duke of Roxburgh, um, you know, estate there is just a lovely, lovely place. And in the um, Schloss Roxburgh Hotel handicap hurdle, that's the 225. There's a couple of horses here with a big chance, but I think the one that really stands out here is a horse called Theme Tune, and it's trained by Nick Alexander. It's a winner of the last two races off of 111, 118, and um, I think it's got a really good chance of winning again. So it's called Theme Tune in the 225 at. Um, at Kelso. Radio. Now, I doubt, or, you know, you haven't been to Scotland, but Kelso not quite in Scotland. It's like Northumbria, if you like. Mm -hmm. But I doubt if, I don't think Mary's been to Scotland either, actually. No. So there's two of you in the Dorset area, never been to Scotland. It's poor, isn't it? Poor. It's poor. Yeah. It is poor. Mm. Maybe I should take Mary on a little trip to Scotland, take a bike up there. Yeah, And yeah. Um, she can cycle around the sort of... And she could freewheel yeah. all the way back down then, couldn't she? <laughs> she could, actually. If you look at Scotland, it is higher than mm. um, England. So she yeah. could freewheel. But you're not allowed on the motorways, are you? So you no. no good for a bike. No, that's yeah. right. That's right. And yeah, I don't anyway, think enough of this chit-chat. Come on, we want another horse. OK, here we are. Um... In the three o'clock, there's a horse called Bonte, and it's trained by Fergal O'Brien. It's owned by a good mate of mine, Charlie Brooks, and it's a winner at Exeter. It was second year last time out in Market Raisin. I think it'll win today. It's called Bonte. Fergal O'Brien, Mayor's Novice Hurdle, three o'clock at Kelso, and it will win. Right, you are. And the next one? Is at Newbury. Oh, right. Suddenly we're going to go to Newbury. Yeah, okay. we're going to go to Newbury. Right, so, okay. In yeah. which race, sir? Well, there's, uh, there's the um, 130. Yeah. Um, it's a novice's handicap hurdle. Uh -huh. And this wouldn't apply to you, but um, it's called Toothless. <laughs> and it runs here. <laughs> it runs here, beat. 
one at Wing Camp a couple of days ago, beat Charlie, my boy, runs again today. He's got a penalty, but the boy, Angus Chile, to take five pounds off is about 13 to two. I think that will win in the 130 at Newbury. Toothless right is have. the one to be gone. And the next one. And the next one. We move on to, the, I'm going to miss the chase. No, I don't, I'm not mad on chases at Newbury. I think they're quite hard. Um, we'll move on to the next one. And that is the, um, <clears throat> is an EBF novices uh, hurdle for mares. And uh, so this is just for mares, if you like. And they're very competitive. There's a lot of runners in the race, if you like. But I tell you what, the old um, Cheltenham's are in good form. They had a nice winner the other day at uh, Cheltenham. They run a horse that finished second to horse called A Wist, and that was down at Foss last. I think that's quite good form. And it's called Royal Dance, and it runs in the 240 at Newbury on Saturday. I'll tell you what, though, <coughs> I like to just dip in from time to time. There's a horse yeah, here called Fortuna Ligna, which is by. Uh, trained by Anthony Honeyball from just down the road from right. me but but noticeably Harry Cobden's riding it right so okay. whether there's any significance in that I don't know but uh, it did catch yeah, my I, eye I, I see where you're coming from and um, you know you're a good judge so yeah right. no, I do take that on board okay so where are we going now then we are going to uh, the 315 is the John Hayne Memorial. Now, if anybody in the West Country can remember John Hayne, he was called Johnny Hayne, and he was a great mate of um, Bob Tunnell's, Andy Tunnell's, and a great jockey, and I know his wife, Sue, and I know his uh, sister-in-law, um, Elaine Miller, who was Stan Miller's, uh, uh, the great late Stan Miller's um, uh, widow. And um, there's a horse running here, trained by Gary Moore, that's really nicely bred, called Angel's Dream. And it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if this didn't win the Johnny A Memorial. It's uh, nicely bred, and uh, Jamie Moore rides the uh, other horse for his dad. He's got a winner in the race that um, is called Love is Golden, but um, Jamie rides that horse. So that's what I'm going to go for in the Johnny A Memorial. It's called Angel's Dream. Right, you are. And the next one, please. And the next one, please. A bumper is at five, uh, three fifty, um, and it's called Gentleman's Relish. We all like that sort of Gentleman's Relish, don't we? Mm. Um, I like those when people send me little Christmas presents. Got Gentleman's Relish, little tins, little chutneys, and bits and pieces. Anyhow. Trained by Henderson, but working well by all accounts, they say will win. So okay. that's the one in the 350. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Lovely. Okay. That's it. We're done. Excellent. Winners. Thank you very much indeed, sir. I hope there's some winners there. My pleasure. Excellent. Well, we'll talk to you next week then, old dog. We will do indeed. Righty-ho. I look forward to it. Look forward to it. Have a great weekend, uh, listeners, and um, don't forget the entry in a couple of weeks' time. So save your pennies if you win a few this weekend for the Grand National Meeting. Indeed. Thanks, Colin. Speak to you next week, mate. Will do. Cheers, Andy. Bye. Bye. Well, as usual, that was Colin Brown bringing the show to an end. We shall be back with you again next week, same time, same station. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. <laughs> Thank you.